Okay, so the story is yeah, tell me that at a bachelorette party this summer, okay, um, Megan oh, Betcher, okay, brag, okay, yeah, I do have friends who are getting married. <laughs> wow. I'm not to be clear, but my friends are, and never would, and I never will. Don't tell my mom. Um, <laughs> she listens to this podcast. Mom, it's a joke. It's a joke. I'm just joking. I promise. Anyway, my friend um, Betcher from yeah. the Spam a Lot episode, of course, we love, was trying to teach. She was doing okur, like oh, oh yeah, yeah, like, oh oh, yeah, trying to roll her R's, uh-huh. and was trying to teach other people who've never seen an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race or encountered Cardi B. I guess yikes. She was trying to teach them how to do it, and she's like, "It's like you're saying okay, but then at the end you switch to saying yurt." <laughs> we were like, "No, <laughs> it's not okyurt." That's in what world are you saying yurt? It was psycho. And so the whole weekend we just kept being like, oh, yurt? Because <laughs> it's not how you do it. I love you, Betcher, but you are fundamentally wrong. That's just absolutely completely off. Yeah, it's it's bananas. Yeah. It, she should be institutionalized for uh, claiming that. Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. So anyway, oh, yurt is oh, yurt. <laughs> now how I say, okay, she has broken my brain <laughs> with her terrible <laughs> pronunciation guides. That's fine. It's okay. We'll yeah. allow it. Anyway, um, hi, this is Bits Over Broadway. Bits Over Broadway. <laughs> We're back, baby. Uh, should we introduce ourselves at the top? Maybe we should try a new thing where we're like, this is Bits Over Broadway. I'm, and we can do that fun thing where like you, you introduce the other person, but as yourself, we're like, oh my God, I'm yeah. Connor Rallier. And I'm Meryl K. Aaron. And we are Bits Over Broadway. Except for I would never say it with you. I would okay. never say Bits Over Broadway with you because I feel like that's gross. Yeah, that's true. That's the gross part of this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> saying bits over Broadway in Together. tandem. Yeah, absolutely. I would never and I never will and I never will Never ever. have, never will and I won't. We did one time, I think, and we both immediately gagged. Cringed. Yeah, like, we fully we were like, like the full body retching. cringe the minute we did it. Yeah, my skin turned inside out. Yeah. Like the inside out It was quite the sight to see. Oh, yeah. okay, go all the way off. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I have literally um, no idea. It was a, a cartoon about this boy who swings too high and he swings over the bar and he flips inside out and he's inside out boy. Okay, what? all my inside out boy heads at me. <laughs> what? What? True. What? Yeah. Okay, I'll, where was this I'll link story? It in I, the need, show notes. I need to know. What was that show on Nickelodeon that was just like a bunch of short Prometheus <laughs> with like Prometheus and Bob and like oh. the little um, and the like smashed up superhero yeah. dolls. Yeah, 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 It's like yeah. little short vignettes. Um, oh. What was the name of that uh, show? It was like every, literally every 90s uh, kid right now is, is screaming, screaming at, at us, us in the shower. Um, it's not Ah uh, Real Monsters, but it's like, no. Kablam! It's Kablam! It's Kablam, yes. Kablam. I knew it was an exclamation. Yeah. And of it was sort. like, it was like all like, um, the superhero ones were like, they were stop motion animation. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like some of them were like animated and that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I don't full. I don't remember that. He was all. like a little, I'm pretty sure like an interim little guy was like, inside out boy, the boy who swung too high. <laughs> anyway. So that, that is was like, absolutely a night terror that I had. Oh, I, I fully believe. It would also be a night terror of mine if it's I had ever seen it. It's going to be now. Okay, so well, I can't wait. Google it. It's like claymation inside uh, out and like all his organs are on the outside. Disgusting. Yeah, it's Wait, vile. that reminds me of, um, did you ever watch that, um, that on MTV, it was the claymation wrestling show? 
They were like, it no. was stop motion animation and it was like celebrity wrestling and like it was disgusting. Was it like robot chicken? It, uh, not, sort of. It's like in the same vein of humor, but okay. it was like specifically like a WWE wrestling match and everybody was claymation and like they. Like reenacting real matches like no, Hulk no, no, Hogan? No, no. Um, celebrity death match. Okay. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you, producer. Producer Mick. Mitch. Mitch. <laughs> producer Mick. That's a slur. That is That's a slur. A slur on this podcast. <laughs> that is a slur. I'm so sorry. Um, wow. <laughs> and no one's gonna help her. Oh my god. I apologize he to has all of our Irish red fans. hair, and he's being attacked in this way. I am also Irish, so like it's fine. I'm. I'm oh, allowed to use that Connor. slur. <laughs> I'm allowed to use that slur. It's fine. I can say it. <laughs> I can say it. You can't say it. I can say it. You can't say it. Um, no, 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 no. But it was like um, it's a similar vein of humor of um, uh, uh, Robot Chicken. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. it's like kind of like stop motion animation and like okay. gross and like that kind of thing. But they specifically have like celebrities like fighting each other. But they fight to the death and they're like, it's disgusting. Like I fully remember watching it and being reviled, but also like I could not stop watching. You and Mitch are the only two people in the world who have seen it's this true. show. It's true. It's true. Okay, wait. So it wasn't like actual WWE wrestlers. No, 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 it, was no. Like it was like claymation. Sharon Stone versus. Yeah. Okay. I see now. Yeah. Yeah. I, gotcha. I think I specifically remember one with. Uh, I was about to say Jane Fonda, but I don't think that was her. <laughs> I can't imagine Jane Fonda like voicing her claymation <laughs> wrestler character. I know, honestly. Um, but yeah, no. So, uh, clay, like, disgusting claymation that just always constantly reminds me of Celebrity Deathmatch. Okay. But All I didn't right. know the name of the show. I just knew it was on MTV, and I was like, it's <laughs> the, that the weird... The MTV wrestling it's show. It's that MTV wrestling show. <laughs> and me, I was like, the only thing I watched on MTV was uh, music videos. Wow. Is that sad? That's really That's sad. That's crazy. I literally... <laughs> I next. <laughs> I hated the music videos when I was... because I, well, I was a music video bitch. I, was also like I when, love a music yeah, video. When like MTV was still showing music videos, yeah. I was like five. Yeah. And like... Okay, well... <laughs> Drag me to hell. Okay, like uh, <laughs> we are practically the, the same, same age. age. <laughs> okay, but my whole life like revolved Actually, around. When did TRL stop? Morning. Like, I, it wasn't even like TRL. I don't think. Maybe oh. I guess it was, but I don't. I didn't watch it for like TRL. Oh I'm yeah, yeah. Specifically yeah, yeah. tuned in for the music. Like okay. At any point, if I was near a television that I could watch in the morning. I loved a morning music video oh my God. situation. I love that for CMT you. Oh, okay. played the, the best. Oh, that's the only reason I know any country <laughs> music. Oh, wait, your parents don't play country 24-7? No, Sorry, actually, shout out to Tam, they Tammy don't. and Jim. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, but uh, it is my culture. But oh, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> no. I got all of my knowledge from CMT. <laughs> They play a lot of music videos. Anyway, okay, I, I love that. a music video is the point. Okay, that's great. And I, the show Next. Any, <laughs> honestly, I would really only watch it for like Next and Room Raiders and like that okay. kind of show. Is Room Raiders the one where they just find a regular man on the street and they're like, guess what? We're going to check out all the pubes in your toilet. <laughs> and everyone's like, I'm sorry <laughs> that I have pubes. No, it was like the one where it was like three guys. Like uh-huh. th- it was like three people. It was usually like three guys or three girls. Yeah. And then um, like the date. Yeah. Would like goes through their goes shit. through their room to like find out like who this person is. I only ever remember when they'd walk into the bathroom and it would be like the psycho stabbing music. Oh sure, like and a close up on a toilet that like was has covered a in pubes. hair yeah, like, <laughs> covered in pubes. Just, the toilet just, is pubes, <laughs> like one of those toilet seat covers, but yeah. it's just pubes. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
was that's always disgusting. like, that's honestly, it's fucked up. <laughs> like, it's really, whatever. I mean, like, most people are gross, yeah. but also bathrooms are gross inherently. Like inherently. So like, let me wipe down the sink first. You know what right. I mean? But like it, the whole premise of the show was that like they got kidnapped and then they couldn't. Right. Which, do it's insane to it. expect that your bathroom should be at company levels. All the time. All the time. Like, I'm sorry. I clean the bathroom maybe once or twice a week or yeah. like a month. like <laughs> Or a year. Or a year. <laughs> I will I don't say know. anytime I know people are Actually, coming over to my house, the bathroom, I like, do yeah, wipe down everything. Okay. Go all the way off. Like, I am weird about, because of Room Raiders. Room, room Raiders, Raiders scarred, scarred me you for life. Into not your parents. Yes. Not your family. No. Room Raiders specifically. <laughs> Room Raiders was like, watch out. Someone is always in the wings ready to ready camera to, your puke to toilet. go through your shit. Just air your dirty laundry. Ready to literally. blacklight your whole <sighs> fucking life. Oh, disgusting. Should we at some point talk about a musical? No, I don't think okay. we should. This is more fun. We do not have a guest today, which is why we are already off the rails. <laughs> Completely. But, but... The Room Raiders and talking about disgusting things okay, here we kind are. of segues He's into the musical that we're talking about trying, today. Try, trying, trying trying to segue us <laughs> to a musical so hard. Okay, here um, it is. We are talking about Spring Awakening. I am barely breathing. Is that what we're talking about? Mm. <laughs> That's a joke for only Mitch and he didn't like it. <laughs> So mad he's rubbing his eyes right now. He's shaking his head at me. He's shaking That's his my head. whole life. Oh, I'm um, so sorry. That is funny sorry because to this man. <laughs> sorry to this man. Because Duncan Sheik wrote Spring Awakening. Yeah, he did. And he also wrote the 1996 Grammy Award winning hit. I had no idea he wrote that. Barely breathing. How? Literally it sounds no the same. <laughs> Literally, how did you not know? It because sounds I the just, same. Because I like never listened to that song. I listened to it maybe oh, once. Because when I was on you're the radio. so young. <laughs> Because I never listened to the radio and I only listened to the It's fucking fine, we're gonna listen to it now. Now, quick question Spring Awakening or is this barely breathing? Fine, I believe you. Same song. It's the same. It's the same thing. Let's skip ahead a little. Is there a subtraction? That's the same. That's Spring Awakening. Who sings that? Duncan Sheik. What? I thought yeah, you just wrote it. No, sir. <laughs> I need to go. He's a multi-hyphenate bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I am also a multi-hyphenate. I am dumb, stupid, and an idiot. <laughs> I broke Meryl. <laughs> I'm trying to rip, but it's too good. I can't punch that up. Okay. Thank you. I am a comedy writer. Um, so Connor took eight pages of notes. I did. And I got drunk with Connor and watched a bootleg, a bootleg on recording of this production. Um, yeah. So we're bringing you a lot of different energies to the we've table. Got, we've, got, we've got a nice mix going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I'd written down any of the jokes that I had last night. Yeah. They were very funny to me. Three butter shots of hot chocolate deep. So. <laughs> it was great. I facts and figs. Facts and figs. Um, but I do want to say I took so many notes because, like, after our cabaret episode, I was mm-hmm. like, I need to think more about. I the need show. to be on an analytical level. I need to. I need to actually do my job. Truly, all the love in the world to Kate, but for someone to come into my home and <laughs> claim that a show is Brechtian and me and expect me to understand what that means. <laughs> 
like you don't know I went to a state school. It's crazy. It was that's crazy. It was great. And it was an amazing episode. And oh, it's the best. And we love it. And we yeah. love Kate. And she's gonna come back and take my job. Uh, she's going yes. to take my position as co-host. Oh, absolutely. And mine as well. This is her podcast now. It's, we're just filling we're in seeding it to her. Okay. Okay. All right, Claire, uh, hit us with the facts and figs. <sighs> Spring Awakening. Uh music was written by famously Duncan Sheik, <laughs> <laughs> who you just heard singing, and who I did not know was a singer. Um, cause I that's am, why the music uh, is so good. Apparently, um, the <laughs> Mitch raised his eyebrows as though he had a thought that <laughs> he was disagreeing. Mitch, do you want to get on the mic? <laughs> um, book and lyrics was written by Stephen Sater. It was based on an 1891 play by the same name, Spring Awakening, um, written by Frank Vedekind. Um, okay, she's going full German. German. And the show is famously German, if you didn't know. <laughs> um, her name is Vendela. Spelled with a Windle. W. <laughs> and German is crazy, man. Let's talk a little bit Let's about that. Let's talk about German. <laughs> it's a crazy language. They got that B that's not really a B. That's crazy. Wait, isn't it the B with like two lines? Like, no, it's the B, but it's like doesn't connect in its loop. It's always yeah, a capital B. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. It's like a PH sound or a something. I don't know. It's PH. I don't actually Just someone know. Google German B for me and then tweet at me and tell me what that is. <laughs> Please tell me that I'm wrong because I know that I am. We already talked. Oh my God, we are doing so many German episodes. Well, and by so many, I mean two. <laughs> that's a lot. That for is us. a lot. All right, sorry. Um, so uh, they, the show went through like a ton of different like workshops and um, tryouts and stuff like that. Um, it finally, uh, I think, uh, I don't fully remember, I didn't write down how many years it was in workshops and stuff, but it um, landed off Broadway in May 2006 and then um, went, ran until August 2006. And then that same year, in December, the show opened on Broadway, um, and then it closed in January 2009 after 859 performances. Um, the London show opened in January 2009 and um, ran until May 2009. There have been so many tours and um, uh, uh, international productions. It's beloved. It's a beloved show. Okay. And then um, famously, um, back in September 2015, the Deaf West, Deaf West production um, transferred from uh, where's their theater look? Is it California? Yeah, mm-hmm. transferred from California um, as the Broadway revival and ran until January 2016. Brag. Um, the 2000 the uh, the original production was nominated for eleven Tonys and won eight of them, um, including Best Musical, Best Book, and Best Original Score. And then the um, re- the Deaf West revival was nominated for three Tonys and didn't win any. And that is offensive. <laughs> Truly. Um, this uh, Wikipedia says that it was conceived in the late 90s. Oh, go all the way off. So we love it's that. actually a Gen Z musical. It is a Gen Z musical, <laughs> which is wild because the children... It feels very millennial to it me. It feels extremely millennial. But in fact, it's Gen Z. Wow. Based on its conception. Listen, I don't make up the generational rules. I just follow them. It's true. It does make sense because Duncan Sheik came to, again, as we said before, a right. 1996 hit. So it makes sense that he would be writing and able to get someone to listen to his right. to his musical by the late 90s. Um, that makes sense. Um, and then just like a short synopsis. There's not you. like a really... Um, there's no way to do this quickly. There's no way to do it quickly because the... <laughs> Listen, this plot. Um, (laughs) All I have right now is uh, set in late 19th century Germany. The musical tells the story of teenagers discovering the inner and outer tumult 
of teenage sexuality. Word for word from Wikipedia, baby. You're welcome. You word love Wikipedia. For and you're at this. Wikipedia, would you like to sponsor us? <laughs> Give us money. Yeah, Wikipedia, which famously asks you to donate $27 every time you read an article, yep. is going to give us money. <laughs> I mean, it's free advertising. <laughs> because and, Wikipedia and they needs need it. advertising. Nobody knows what that is. They do need the ad bucks. True. true, true, um, true. All right, let's get into let's it. Because we spent in. 15 of our 30 minutes talking about, talking about other things. <laughs> okay. So the show opens with... What you need to know about the show is that it's about a bunch of children who are too horny to live. They're so horny. They're horned. The horniest teenagers on the planet, probably. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, this musical does this not fuck. That's revving outside my window right <laughs> we're, now. We're recording at Connor's apartment today. We're switching it up a little bit, trying to switch up the energy. Yeah. And he's street facing. I am street facing. And I keep hitting the blinds with my head. <laughs> That's some amazing ASMR right there. I love that. Okay. So let's cut to Vendla. Famously played by Leah Michelle. Yeah, we love. Well, uh, you I don't. don't. <laughs> I'm fully anti Leah Michelle. I mean, like, good for her. I wish her all the success in the world. I'm really sorry that her fiance died. That's honestly tragic. And like I wish the best. But she's oh married God, now and right. it's fine. I forgot that they were unfianced. They were unfianced. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it starts, she plays Vendela, um, an adolescent, which is upsetting, um, who... I think, like, in canon of the show, she's, like, 13 or 14. It's bananas how young she is. Yeah. Adolescent is young. Yeah. Connor asked me last night, she's... <laughs> what you need to know is that Vendela eventually gets pregnant, and... Connor's like, well, she's Spoiler 13. Spoiler alert. <laughs> she's probably had her first period. And then looked at me. He's like, right? And I was like, honest to God, it's a mystery for everyone. <laughs> Listen, I don't know anything about that. So <laughs> neither do I. <laughs> so <laughs> good Lord. Anyway. Um, so she uh, opens the show and she's singing about, um, she's singing the song Mama Who Bore Me. Mm-hmm. Not the reprise. No. The original. Bop. Which I prefer actually. I like the original. You like the original. Okay, I do. Go on the way that was on my playlist, not the reprise. Wow. But it's probably because I forgot that the reprise is not just like them singing it again. It's yeah. a totally different song. Uh, basically. <laughs> um, so she's like singing the song Mama Who Bore Me, which is mm-hmm. all about like, um, uh, essentially, it's weird that they kind of open the show with the song mm-hmm. before the scene happens with her mother, because the song is all about like her mom not teaching her the things that she needs right. to know. And here's my question. How do you know that you haven't been taught the things you need to know? I mean... How are you to acquire that knowledge? No one's really certain. And honestly, you learn something new every day. I mean, that's true. But like, I just assumed... (laughs) I I do vaguely recall asking like one time. Yeah. But like, I was never like, my mom won't tell me. I was just like... My mom will tell me what I need to know. Well, I think this is why I won't survive in a fascist state because I just accept all authority as <laughs> giving true, me true. the correct information. I think, I think one of the problems with this, and we can like this is the this is the Christianity of it all. <laughs> um, in this specific show, they are living in like a very Christian society. Like right. Melchior, the character Melchior talks a lot about how like the church is like teaching them all these things about mm-hmm. being shameful and being sinful and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and. Um, 
that's kind of the the situation where like they're not getting the sex education that they need, which is why she gets this pregnant. This is why abstinence only doesn't work, folks. Abs- this show entirely <laughs> is about why abstinence only does not it work. It is truly hilarious that she has sex and then is like <laughs> Uh, that's how you get pregnant? <laughs> like, like literally that's what happened. Her mom happens. told her like, her mom's like, guess what? When you love somebody and you're married, that's when you can have a baby. Yeah. Which is very funny because that is so many kids conception of, uh, pun, uh, conception of like conception, right. which is that you have to be in love and you have to be married. Right. And that's just not true. It's not. Here's a PSA for you all. Babies can happen at any time. Anytime. Regardless of how in love you are. So her mom and so her mom tells her that her sister is gonna have another baby and she's mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna be aunt for the second time. Where the fuck do babies come <laughs> Where from? Where are these children coming <laughs> I from? I do not know. I did not realize that. I missed that. And because uh, uh, her mom is like, uh, the stork came and blessed your mm-hmm. sister and and Venlo's like, You rat bitch. <laughs> Here's what I know. A bird can't carry a baby. <laughs> a- <laughs> Birds, Ow. famously, are small. Like a pelican? Can yeah. Can scoop it up? Uh-huh. I don't think Keep so. Keep it in its little bill. A little bill. A little bill. Um, mm-hmm. So then, like, she, her mom is like, oh, babies, love. And yeah. Venla's like, sure. Uh, okay. Okay, yes, all the way I won't and, have a baby unless I'm in love. Makes and then sense? they sing Mama Who Bore Me Reprise, mm-hmm. which is a bop. It's an acapella banger. It's amazing. Um, so I... Uh, Meryl saw this production at Mizzou, but I was in the show and we play, I played Ernst mm-hmm. and um, we, uh, <laughs> the guys <laughs> constantly backstage, we were mad that we didn't get to sing Mama Who Bore Me because yeah, we sure. all loved that song. Yeah, it's a great song. So we would sing it in the dressing room. Okay, but like, you have literally away. all the other songs. Yeah, I know. So like, <laughs> I know. Like, this literally. is classic patriarchy. <laughs> we don't get one thing and we're mad about it. <laughs> You have literally all the other good literally, songs. Literally, the guys have all the good songs, Truly. which like sex. Also, we can talk about the fact that how basically no female characters in the show exist. I would say um, two thirds of the way through this musical, Connor looks at me and goes, does this show pass the Bechdel test? And I was like, no, <laughs> it doesn't. Famously, it does not because in every single conversation when there's, a, oh, actually, nope. The scene at the end when the girls are talking, when Ilsa is showing the girls the note, but it's about a letter from from Melchior, Melchior. so that doesn't count. Yeah, they're like he they're doesn't about know Vendla. Yeah, but no. Okay, <laughs> I'm calling Allison Bechdel right now. Yeah, you, you excuse text me. You text her. I hated Fun Home, <laughs> and I would love to get your opinion on. <laughs> okay, we haven't even gotten out of the first oh, scene. Um. So, um. Oh, I wanted to talk about so um, <laughs> me putting on my little theme hat um i wanted to talk about how um this show specifically uses music as like uh 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 not an instrument that's so fucking stupid (laughs) multi-hyphenate multi-hyphenate stupid dumb and idiot um i in i i have this book that um where duncan cheek and um Steven Sater talk about like the writing of the lyrics mm-hmm. and like what each song means. And a sort of, of finishing the hat for Spring Awakening. Yeah, essentially. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Yeah. Um, and in it, they talk about how like all the music, all the songs are supposed to be like out of time, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why they have like the hand mics and mm-hmm. it's this specific mo not mo what am I think what am I trying to think of? It's like a tool in the musical for them to like essentially remove the characters from the action mm-hmm. and them to talk about like the quote unquote world of the song mm-hmm. where um that 
is like timeless, which is how it comes to the end when they're singing Song of Purple Summer and they're all in their modern. Are they claiming that their pop punk fantasy is timeless? Essentially, yes. (laughs) Duncan G. Guy would like a word. (laughs) But it's like it's the idea of um, the. the I get it. It's it's um, right. Not discordant, but it's uh, a contrast. Right. The the, it's the contrast from like what's happening on stage. um, This like uh, older like. Um, time it's essentially a period piece right um but with the music and the song when they enter the quote-unquote world of the song Mm -hmm. um it's supposed to be talking about how the things that we're talking about in the show are timeless we're talking about oh yeah everyone's been horny since the dawn of time and kids are always going to get pregnant if you don't tell them how it happens right right and there's um it's human it's literally biologically programmed into you to to have sex exactly and i think that um and mama who the reprise of mama who bore me is like sorry is that offensive to people who are asexual sorry asexuals (laughs) i understand that it may not be biologically programmed into you yeah i I mean yes please don't cancel me that's true (laughs) god i live in fear constantly that was frog in my throat gross um but yeah like mama who bore me reprise is like the first instance of like that timeless yeah um like tool that they use throughout the show yes okay i see yeah because mama who bore me is very the original right the first is very i think in time yes with the piece it feels very yeah and it's not in every single number too because like when nokior sings left behind um at morris's funeral (laughs) spoiler um He is Moritz too horny to live. Too horny to live, Moritz. Um, he's specifically he's like directly singing it to Moritz's father, right. saying, "This is your fault. This yeah. is you are the reason he died," yeah. which is true. <laughs> One could say it's big swing and titties, but <laughs> someone else could, I guess, make the argument it was strict parental abuse. Uh, true, true, true. Um, so after Mama Who Bore Me reprise, uh, we cut to teenage boys in Latin class. This and Latin is a trigger. <laughs> when I listened to it for the first time in like literal years, mm-hmm. I like v- had a visceral reaction. Well, Latin's hard to remember. It's hard to memorize something, excuse me, in a language that is not your own. Yeah. And we have, you have to learn it in a specific rhythm, mm-hmm. which was easy because like you can kind of hear it in the background of the song yeah. when you listen to it on the sound, on the recording. But like when we were, when I was rehearsing it, we had I had about like the four or five days to learn it, so I would be like at work just saying it over and over to myself, mm-hmm. like constantly. And it was when I heard it for the first time in so long, I was like, <gasps> "Cute." <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're studying Virgil in Latin class when Mort Stiefel, a nervous and anxious young man, sleepily misquotes a line, and the teacher chastises him harshly. Um, then enter. Melchior Gabor, OG fuckboy. OG fuckboy. Um, he's very hot because he doesn't believe in anything. And yes, he's an atheist. He's horny. He's horny. <laughs> sort of a he's good Marxist. at school. Loose Marxist. Loose Marxist. He's a Marxist in the sense that like every white boy in Brooklyn is a Marxist yes. in that they like don't want to go to work. Right. But they don't um understand anything else exactly like i shouldn't have to go to work to make money and like right okay but like let's get deeper on that and they're like that's pretty much it yeah, that's 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 all that communism okay, is and it's go like off. Okay, go all the way off. <laughs> um anyway so melchior gabor tries to defend him because he's also a white knight and we right. love that for him uh and moritz is like oh 
also maybe horny for Melchior. There's like a weird romance there. Bye. <laughs> there is. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if anyone has ever really like. I'm sure there's been some production that like explores whether or not Moritz is in love with Melchior, but there's, there's definitely like a queer energy about Moritz. The whole thing. Here's the thing. I can't see a group of boys without being like, somebody here is gay and having feelings. Capital F feelings, (laughs) as Meryl said. Are you nervous or are you gay? (laughs) That's the eternal question. And sometimes it's both. (laughs) Why can't it be both? Por qué no los dos? But no, so like I definitely think that Moritz has some kind of queer energy about him, especially because he gets so tied up in like. Oh, this boy is like frazzled. Cannot like because the the whole thing is that Move Moritz over, hasn't Evan been Hansen. Moritz hasn't been sleeping because he's having like sex dreams and he's like I'm literally going insane because I am having these sex dreams and too they're not normal. Horny too to horny live. to live. But at the same time, when Melchior is like, I will explain sex to you. I read a book about titties once, and like we all have. Now. <laughs> honestly, it's called National Geographic. <laughs> it's called Encyclopedia under breasts. <laughs> Go all the way off. I love that. Under B for big swing and titties. Swing and titties. (laughs) He's like, guess what? I wrote a 10 page fan fiction about what it would be like to fuck. (laughs) And congrats. And and he That's what all fan fiction is. So congratulations. (laughs) Exactly. He also drew pictures in the in this essay that he gives to Moritz. This is later on in the show, but um like Moritz gets so fucking worked up because he like sees a vagina. And I'm like, okay. Okay, That's a faggot but, if I ever smelled one. <laughs> he hasn't even seen one. He's just imagining what one might be like. Right, right? and he's like freaking out about it. Yeah, well, I guess the unknown is terrifying. <laughs> That's why I don't <laughs> swim in open water. I mean. Who knows what could be down there. You, there's, but it didn't prevent there me are from sharks doing in there. school. I'm true. <laughs> Here's a question for you. This Go is a tangent. Yeah. Uh, no, can someone tell doing? me what's in the lake? <laughs> What's in Lake Michigan? Okay, so are there critters? So, There's got to be something bad in there. So on our way to Brooklyn, we were talking about um, the ocean and things like that, and <laughs> you know things of that nature. And uh, Meryl brought up uh, somebody that she knows who lives in Michigan, and she's like, "Oh, that's close to Illinois." And I was like, "Yeah, you kind of have to like go through Indiana." And she's like, "Well, you could take a rowboat across <laughs> the lake." Across the lake. And I was like, "Yeah, but it's like a really big lake." And she's like, "Yeah." It, it is really big, isn't it? It was like, yeah, it's basically the ocean. She's like, is there any creatures in there? <laughs> what's in it? So and I asked Google and it couldn't tell me what's in it. For the past like three hours, Meryl has been trying to figure what's out in what is in Lake Michigan. <laughs> Even Loch Ness has a monster. How do Lake Michigan not have a creature? I don't know. <laughs> there has to be a creature. There's probably something down Tell there. me about the creatures of the Michigan lakes. Well, tweet at us <laughs> and tell us about the creatures. Is it a crocodile? Ooh. Is it no? We don't. It's too cold. It's too cold for the giraffe. What? <laughs> I'm just naming animals of the savanna okay. at this point. I love that. All right, you. sorry. Anyway, um, we were talking about how Moritz is too horny to live. Yeah, Melchior tries to save him. He can't. He gets beat. Moritz gets beaten with a stick. Uh, Melchior gets beaten because then Melchior sings "All That's, that's right. Known," which is like a running motif through the um, song. Uh-huh. The like lyrics like those you've known, all that's known, like things that are known is like a running um, thing throughout the show. Mm-hmm. This number is such a teen anthem of 
I know more than everybody else <laughs> and I should be running the world. I know everything and no one else knows anything. Oh, absolutely. That is such a vibe. Oh, yeah. It's every single teenager on the planet. God bless them. Yeah, we love. Love them. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like Gen Z is going to save the world. So but like, what it's fine. You need- <laughs> but what you need to know is that <laughs> all that's known is the precursor to the song about how horny everyone is. The bitch of living. Which it's a bitch. Just a bitch. Such a, just a bitch. It's it's such a fun song. Oh, I love it. It's so much fun. Such stomping. Uh, so much stomping. Such stomping. Um, but it li- literally the song is just, I'm so horny. If somebody doesn't touch my penis, I will die. If I or someone else does not touch my penis, it will explode. <laughs> exactly. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't don't smell don't me. Touch me. But I need. Don't sneeze in my direction. So, I will pop. <laughs> I'm so horny all the time. That's literally what this song is about. Yeah, they're I all like, very. Horny. I like broke down a little. A little. Uh, okay. All the characters. All the male characters. Um, Moritz is. Sex is a sign of insanity. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> Melchior is, uh, his entire character description is, chill, you guys. I once read a book about titties. I've already said. True. Hanshin, um, who we haven't met yet and are kind of like- The Hunchman. The Hunchman. <laughs> um, his, uh, he, his entire characterization is, wow, my dick is hard for literally everyone. <laughs> um, Ernst is, no one look at me, otherwise I will explode. <laughs> and also gay. And also very gay. Um, Georg is, um, (laughs) have you all considered boobs? (laughs) Okay, but hear me out. Big swinging titties. Big swinging titties. He's obsessed with his teacher's titties. His piano teacher is like... Very I'm really sorry that full bosom. I'm really sorry that your mom is probably listening to this. Podcast oh, she's already right turned now. it off. Oh, okay. I assume. <laughs> and then Otto is um, the wedding singer, famously. Um, <laughs> someone better touch me, or I swear to God. Yeah, and that is the vibe for the whole production. Literally the entire production. Except all the girls are like, "This will be my husband," and they are not horny at all, but a little horny. Right. Um, it's not that they're horny, and this is my problem. They're not p- depicted as horny. They're just like, okay, well, it does feel nice when you touch me. Right. So, But they're I, not like active in their own pleasure, which yeah. is annoying. The w- w- That's one of the really interesting things is that, so you have Bitch of Living, which is like this rocking song that mm-hmm. all the boys sing about how horny they are mm-hmm. and like how they really need to just like blow a load or mm-hmm. whatever the fuck and then <laughs> or however the kids are calling the kids it these days in these days um and then the literal next song is my junk which is sort of a response to bitch of living not the fergie version right <laughs> sorry this is a difference it's okay um but it's like started by the girls who are like um it's a much sweeter song it's more along the lines of like i love I you i love you i want to be with you sure. as opposed to the guys who are like I just want to put I'll my dick in a pie anything <laughs> like, if it's vaguely soft or warm exactly I'll I'll do it put your dick in a pie exactly yeah. that famous we've all thing. done it <laughs> mm-hmm. we all have every one of us sitting here every single one of us <laughs> um so <laughs> but it is like so much less sexual than yeah bitch it's of living love, but it is not less i do really feel like it is a very like specific response to bitch of living 
For sure. I just wish it weren't so gendered. No, I get that. I wish that it were. I wish the girls had any agency in their horniness. Yeah. So do, like, do you want to talk about the girls? Because like yeah, there's there's they have names like there's uh, do they? Taya, um, Vendla, Ilse Marta, and Ilsa. And uh, who's the there's one other. Yeah. I, can't, I don't. Is she eyebrows or girl in Hamlet too? I don't know. Um, but they really only ever have scenes with Venla. Yeah. Um, they're not even named in the no, synopsis. They it's just like the gals the gather. Girls. So like they really, <laughs> cool. they really don't have any like agency outside of Venla and Ilsa who are, mm-hmm. um, uh, main care, the main, like two the two of the main women or girls. And then, you have Marta, mm-hmm. who sings "The Dark I Know Well," mm-hmm. but she's literally only telling the story as a tool to introduce El- to introduce Ilsa. Ilsa. So, what you need to know about Marta is she is physically and sexually abused. I got the sexual yes. vibe from the song, but she yes. in dialogue is like, "He hits me every night." No, it's it's supposed to be physical and sexual. Okay, um, so she's sexually abused, and they're like. And everyone's like, well, you got to tell somebody. And she's like, okay, but what about Ilsa, who ratted her dad out and now she lives on the street? Basically. Which is cool. Um, A hilarious thing. It's not funny at all. um, (laughs) That happens later is Vendela's like, guess what? To um, Melchior. She's like, guess what? Marta's dad hits her and rapes her. And he's like, people don't do that anymore. And it's like. Giant fuckboy, literally fuck just energy. believe women one time. <laughs> just like listen to what they're saying, and instead of being like, "Well, report that," <laughs> be like, "He oh, literally okay. says we should file a complaint." I'm like, "Bitch, buddy, <laughs> we already sang this song. Ilsa's already part of the story." <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's it's the women are fine. I'm not trying to be like too woke about this. I'm just saying, no, it is that. it it is not interesting to me to be like. Women are passive, but right. like women also can have sexual urges yeah. and aren't just like dreaming about husbands. Right. So it is, I get that it's a definite response to bitch of living and bitch of living is fun. Yeah. It's it's a very fun, raucous song. Oh my God. It's, it's just so like fun. the girls all have to be like soft and like ladies about right, it. essentially and the goys- <laughs> what i want is big mouth is what i'm saying <laughs> i love that i love that um yeah because like when you mention it the only time we ever really do see sexual desire is from the boys a hundred percent um Vindula even, is even not when, sexual no. she is like oh it does feel good to kiss someone right. and it feels nice when you touch me there but she's not like right. She's not showing sexual desire. No, not it's at all. only coming from. It's the absolutely passive reception. Yeah, one hundred percent. Which is interesting, sort of, because in the original play, the um, so Vendla and Melchior do end up having sex, and um, she gets pregnant. Brag. Um, <laughs> Congrats on your fertility. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> but in the play, that scene is a rape scene. I mean, it starts as not a not rape scene. No, right, right. She's like, no, don't. And he's like, but what if we did? <laughs> Essentially. Okay, okay, well, you don't have sex, but let me finger you first, which is like a classic move. Oh, sure. It's, it's the, it's, uh, yeah, no, it's not yeah, great. No. It's not great. And I was like, like, when we were watching it last night, I was like, uh, I don't feel good about this. No, it's, it's not supposed to be like a good thing. But then she happens. definitely, I mean, they, 
take it away from the rapey tones of it. No, and she yeah. becomes she a participant and is like, touch eventually. me there and yeah. whatever. I don't know. It's weird. It's it is gray. weird. It is weird. And it's not the best situation. Also, she's 13. So let's keep that in mind also. Yeah. And I think Melchior is like 14 or something like that. I don't know. Um, but I wanted to talk really quick about the... Um, I was kind of like looking, um, I was reading a lot about um, the Deaf West production. Yeah. Because um, they the specific reason why they um, did the Deaf West production was because they thought that having deaf and hard of hearing actors would really emphasize the themes of miscommunication, lack of sexual education, and oh. denial of voice. Interesting. And when I started looking at the show from those themes, mm-hmm. the first like four songs fucking hit you over the head with every single one of them and they set the show up so well Mm -hmm. to be like this is what's what we're talking about and like let's fucking go we are so we are like putting the seeds in the ground for every single thing that's about to happen within the first like three numbers of the show which is like that's just good playwriting and good like structure structure and all that kind of thing and i think it's yeah the first like four numbers really like when you look at it in those lenses for sure really just fucking sets the scene yeah sets the scene hammers it over the head and um you didn't tell me what i needed to know i'm too horny to live i am in love i think and And, um the uh those you known is all about um nobody is listening to me yeah my voice is not considered for sure yeah which is true we do often like deny children of their agency as humans absolutely and it's weird and freaky to think about but like young children have sexual desires because they're human that's how that works right but it is it is easy to be like you're a child and you don't know anything and so you don't have agency in your body um which is also not great no, it's not good. But that's that's essentially <laughs> that's, that's just a can of worms we can't unpack right now. We don't, have, we don't have we time. don't have the time. <laughs> we don't have the Frankly, time. we're not even close to act the act break. <laughs> um. So, but I wanted to like bring those themes up because as I as yeah. I've been going through the show again, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, there's so much here. <laughs> wow, Who, guys, depth. <laughs> Who would have thought? There's layers to this show. So we get to the song "Touch Me." Which is when um, Moritz and Melchior are talking about the essay that Melchior wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and by essay, we mean fan fiction. Fan fiction of what he thinks sex is like. Sure. Because <laughs> Melchior, famously a virgin. <laughs> Truly. I'll, I love that his radical uh, uh, like advice is just imagine what it would be like for the girl. For the girl. <laughs> He's like, just put yourself in her shoes. Yeah. Imagine what she's feeling. Okay. I mean, it's no... What book is that? Is that a movie where they're like, stick your finger inside your mouth and feel the inside of your cheek? That's what a vagina feels oh, like. Oh, that isn't a movie. I yeah. Think. What movie is that? Or maybe it's a book. No. Is it um, Perks of Being a Wallflower? I think it is Perks of Being a Wallflower. It is both a book and a movie. <laughs> both a book and Hold a movie. Hold on. I'm going to Google. <laughs> um, so, uh, Touch Me when, uh, Touch Me is the very first song from the show I ever heard. And I'm okay. um, obsessed with it. Sure. But um, there's uh, different lyrics um, because the recording that everybody listens to is the off-Broadway production. And when they switched over to Broadway, there's um, transfer. Um, But it's really, really 
I find touch me really, really interesting because it really plays into that like religious mm-hmm. education part because like everything is talking about like heaven and this like when I orgasm, this must be what heaven feels like. And also um, at the same time, they're like looking at their bodies as being sinful, mm-hmm. taking um like uh, it's hilarious to politicize children's bodies and also take away their agency. Yeah. Like you're not allowed to touch anything, but also you won't, you don't want to. Right. But even if you do, you can't. So exactly. It's fucking, it's very cool. And there's this, this song is just filled with like innuendo and sexual metaphor and all that kind of thing. And it's literally just them being like, literally touch me or I will die. (laughs) I just want to feel human touch. Literally. Um, um, and then, so Vendela and Melchior, girls and boys don't go to school together. Do the girls go to school at all? They do, but you just never. It's not discussed it's in not the way. Discussed, the yeah. schooling for the boys is very like competitive. Yeah. And um, that's a big part of this show is that um, Moritz is not doing well in school. And that is a problem because the next grade or the upper classes will only accept so many students. Right. And so someone is going to get held back. Uh, or fail essentially. And Moritz is like desperate to do well. They all are, I think. They all want to do well and not bring shame to their families. Truly. But like, yeah, the schooling is emphasized so much more with the boys that it's interesting that the girls just kind of appear and are like picking flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah, you really never see the girls. I don't in think any they go to like, school. In, like, yeah, anything like that. I. Uh, I literally know nothing about late 19th century like education systems. <laughs> That's crazy to me that you didn't come to this podcast fully equipped <laughs> with the knowledge of 19th century German education. Well, I'm just because I'm just wondering would would that be around the like would girls have been allowed in the school at the time? Because they have a fe- like the show has a female teacher because like the they do mm-hmm. have the adult woman play a female teacher. Is she a teacher? Or is she just a piano teacher? No, she, there's specifically a female teacher character okay. that she plays. Huh. I don't know. I'm just saying those girls are never in class. Yes, no, they're is never the really point. <laughs> Me getting into layers. Um, <laughs> so um, they, so we like find out that the teachers are kind of conspiring against Moritz, even though he's like trying his damnedest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then. Melchior and Venla eventually like meet in the woods, right? Are we yeah. at, at about yeah, that part? There. And um, they sing Word of Your Body where they're talking about like what would happen if I like gave in to my desires. Okay, but what if we, hear me out. Okay. What if we made out right now? Like, would that be crazy? That'd be like totally it would insane. feel very good, but it would be nuts if we did that. It would be like so bad. Okay, but like, but like, okay. it would probably feel we like. We shouldn't. No, we shouldn't. But if we did. But like, do you wanna? Or like, no, no, no. Like, we don't have to. Like, no, it's okay. But maybe. But. Unless. <laughs> Unless. You're in um, yeah. And then uh, they sing that song, but they don't touch each other. No, they do hold hands. Okay. Um, very hot. Hottie, hottie, hottie. Cuda Um, And then meanwhile at school, Moritz uh, sneaks a peek at his midterms and is like, I passed. <laughs> Ding um, dong. <laughs> I did it. And everyone's like, okay, cool, Moritz. And then his teachers are like, well, you passed technically, but also we don't like you and your hair sticks up straight. So we're failing you. 
Bye. Which is rude. Yeah, it's so rude. But that, um, yeah, so like that happens a little bit after Dark I Know Well, which is like the whole thing to like introduce Ilsa to the show. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of questions about Ilsa as a character. She's bad. Like as a character? Yes. Okay, I love that. Poorly written. I was gonna say because terrible. I, one of my questions, allegorical character. One of my questions is like, what is her role in the show? To be a haunting like threat of what could happen if you dare to step outside the bounds of like well established society. Okay, because the very, she's a the very first, cautionary tale. Yeah, the very first thing I wrote was like, is she the representative representation of like the consequences of like. Yeah. Having your voice. Of or speaking is she up, yes. the ideal of like she has the freedom that they're so desperate for? No. Okay. I don't get that read at all. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it does come across more as a cautionary yeah. tale. It's very like, uh oh. Right. Ilsa got kicked out for doing that. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's definitely like. But then it's so weird that like later on in the show, in the second act, when she uh-huh. and Moritz meet each other on the street right before Moritz kills himself, right. he, she like represents his last final hope of like. That's true. Saving but his life. But even he is like, that's a bad, what you're describing is bad. Right. It's like when Jenny meets Forrest Gump again after she's been partying. Oh, sure. And she's like, I had a good, I have a good life, Forrest. And then it's like cut to her doing drugs and standing on a balcony like is it a good life jenny no come home quick before you get aids wow. ah, too late um you know how it is Spoilers for Forrest Gump. <laughs> anyway you know i did i think he's like okay but your life sucks and i actually yeah. don't want to do that so i will just go ahead and kill myself right um yeah no so she's like a really that yeah I agree. she sucks as a like, character and is not really well defined. No, not at all. And it, absolutely, we just gloss right over Marta's like sexual abuse. It's like, she's like, yeah. guess what? My dad hits me and also maybe rapes me. And that's it. What's going on with you, Vindola? <laughs> like, we're just not going to address this again. Yeah, basically. Um, um, so then we move on to Moritz and his like telling his dad. Yeah. That I, uh, I fucked up. That he failed. That I failed. And oh, then his- wait, we forgot the worst part of the show, which is... Oh, was that before this part? Yeah. Oh, God. Where Vendela finds Melchior in the woods again, and she's like, guess what? Marta's dad hits her, and no one hits me, and I kind of want to know what that's all about. <laughs> and Melchior's like, that's crazy. People don't hit people, which... Right. Come come on, Melchior. Like, Melchior, like... <laughs> literally beginning of time to the end of time people will hit people and she's like guess what i have a stick please beat me and then he's like into it but also it's weird at first he's like no i don't want to hit you stop (laughs) and then no don't make me hit you Uh aha you're too sexy (laughs) you're too sexy (laughs) and then And then he does start hitting her and then she's like, no, hit me harder because she's into some kinky shit. Yeah. And then he like starts beating the shit out right. of her. And it's like, start slow, man. Yeah. Just pull her hair a little bit. Jeez. Right. Don't like, go straight for the stick. It's, <laughs> it's it's wild. And it's supposed to be like all about like Melchior like, I'm so frustrated and angry because my I, I am so horny and I my I don't have a voice and he's taking it out on Ven, Venla but it's like who's ask literally, literally asking, asking for, for it. it. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, I can't. Uh it's not great. It's not a great scene. Yeah. Um again, a lot of this 
transfers over from the original play. Uh-huh. Um, which is wild because later on, which we can talk about after our, we come back from break, mm-hmm. the scene between Hanshin and Ernst is so different in the play. Ugh. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the yeah. play, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, play yeah. it's so different. And then in the musical, it's like... Mm, comedy! Comedy, it's comedy moment. Being gay is funny! Right, so it's like, yeah, it's wild. Um, But we can talk about that later. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so Melchior beats Venla. <laughs> Then she's like, ouch. And he's like, oh, whoops. <laughs> and so I he, have erred. So he runs away into the night. But he leaves his journal, which is apparently important. Um, then Moritz tells his dad that he failed. And his dad's like, what will we tell people at church? My <laughs> son failed. Moritz My is devastated. My son failed. <laughs> My, My son, son failed. failed. Um, which, get a grip. Um, Who cares? Stop worrying about what people think of you. Literally. Okay, go all the way off. Okay. Yeah, you agree. <laughs> this is Brooklyn, baby. Um. Then Moritz is like, okay, I've got the perfect plan. I'm going to write my best friend's mom and ask her for money so I can run away to America. <laughs> Literally? Same. He truly tries to Fievel Goes West himself. And oh, like, congrats. <laughs> we love. We love Fievel Goes West. And then she's like, buddy, honey, sweetie, baby, no. I kind of hate her in this moment. Okay, speak on that. Okay, so like my thing is because in the letter, she even says in the song like, um, should we talk about the veiled threat that if you can't escape, you're going to kill yourself? Like this <laughs> She is, truly laughs at it. She truly that. laughs at it. She's yeah. like, buddy, Einstein failed first grade. You're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Like that's essentially what she says. You're not going to kill yourself. Shut up. Right. And I'm like, at that point, I'm like, this is a person. This is a child desperately calling for help yeah and you're just like blowing him off and good rule of thumb is if someone's willing to write down in a letter that they're considering suicide take them at their word exactly and for the record tweets don't count as letters so please do not commit me (laughs) (laughs) do not at um but like it's 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 this thing of like this parent is seeing that this child is in pain and then later on he carries out what he says he's going to do. And in that moment, she is just as culpable in his death as um, Moritz's father. Bold. Because even though she's this um, Mm liberal-minded parent who stands up for Melchior when um, he's expelled from school because of the whole Moritz thing and all that, um, she's still not doing what she can with the power that she has as an adult in this situation. True. I do think that that sort of plays into the whole taking kids' agency away from them. Oh, absolutely. Um, But I get it. It's really hard to be... It's hard to have been a child and a teenager once and then have a little perspective and be like, oh, man, I totally get it. Like, It's hard to not be condescending to someone who's going through it at the time. Right. When you're like, it's really not as big of a deal as you think it is. Like... (laughs) You're you're being dramatic. And like we all know that he's like feeling feelings. Yeah, no, he's and like it going is really it. hard because this is the biggest thing in your life. And so right. it feels like the worst thing in your life. It's really hard to come at that and to be a parent or to be an adult in someone's life sure. or an older figure and not and like strike the right tone of not condescending, but like you don't you're not gonna run away to America. Right. You're not gonna kill yourself. Like everything's going to be fine. I promise you we'll get through this. 
in that moment, you're taking away their agency to like express their feelings. Right. And like, this does feel intense and feels really serious. This is now a parenting podcast and I'm telling all of you how to do it. <laughs> I've never been a parent, so I have all the authority to do this. It's true. It's really hard to extend empathy and right. grace and be like, okay, let's talk about that. You're feeling this type of way. And also it's not her kid. So that's also true. difficult. True. Like he's writing to her as a peer almost. Right. That is absolutely correct. And she's, how is she to know that he like, I don't know. It, when everything else feels so dramatic, they're like, literally, don't touch me or I'll explode. Right. If I fail, I'm literally going to kill myself. Like, right. those can be said at the same level. And how are you supposed to differentiate which of those is real? Right. But that said, grain of salt, if a child is like, I feel like I want to end my life, maybe do intervene. Maybe, maybe like, run some interference. Yeah. Maybe, like, <laughs> definitely step up. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, okay, well. Mm, Let's talk about that. Do you want to go? Maybe uh, I'll talk to your parents for you, which is really the course of action she'd have, she should have taken. She should have taken. Don't yes. write the letter to Moritz. Like, go to Moritz's dad and be like, hey, um, your son wants to kill himself, and he told me so in this letter. So maybe, like, chill. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what you can do as a parent is run interference for your friend's right. children. Don't tell him your that children's friends. don't tell him that all these successful people <laughs> failed out of school. Oh, definitely don't be like it gets better. Do not try do and it gets not better these children. Try it. It gets better these children. <laughs> Please. Um, ever. Okay. Um so then in a hayloft, Melchior is so mad about being a teenager. Yeah. He has to sing the mirror blue night. Right. Which is, it's a, it's a really good song and he does some fucking OA bullshit. Yeah. He's the OA choreography or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I don't know. That's just Tai Chi. I I'm think. so tired of it. Um, stop being a nerd and you I won't have can't. to see it. It's crazy. I can't. Like this only comes across my timeline when someone's like, what fucking nerds? And you're like, it's literally everywhere. I literally, I, I have literally muted it so much. I can't Nerd. get, I can't escape. Nerd alert. I've never even watched it. <laughs> never in my life have Twice. I watched that, that show. And it's everywhere on my timeline. And it's so fucking annoying. Anyway, save the OA. <laughs> save the OA. Hashtag. Um, so like, yeah. So he sings Mirror Blue Night, which is all about like liminality, being stuck in between two places. Cause he sees himself as an adult, but he's still a teenager. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's again, denial of And that's of voice. the problem with children. They always think they're older than they are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I wrote down that this is the ultimate... <laughs> No one understands me song in musical theater. Oh, mage, mage, mage. (laughs) And no one does understand you. And it's so hard because it's so easy as a person who's grown up to be like, Right. Buddy, I also felt like that. Right. I felt that way a lot with my youngest brother. I was just like. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And it's so shitty because I know I was probably a condescending ditch, like dick to him sometimes. Like when I was in college and also being the most emotionally angsty overwrought version of myself to be like you think high school is hard buddy you're gonna be fine (laughs) like that's so annoying to hear as a person who's like okay well it doesn't feel fine exactly (laughs) what if it isn't fine (laughs) (laughs) what if i don't make it out of the year you assuring me that it's fine doesn't fucking help (laughs) exactly it's that it's that idea of like i literally did not think i was gonna make it to my 20s so now i'm just winging it (laughs) It felt like I wouldn't, and now I'm here, and I don't have a plan. Exactly. <laughs> Just kind of thought I'd be escape potted out of here by now. God, I wish. Um, And then Vendela finds him uh, monologuing, and she's like, here's your journal back. My bad for asking you to beat me up. 
she apologizes because he beat her. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and then Melchior's like, that one was on me. You should get away from me. I'm a monster. Vendel is like, okay, but what if we just play outside in the rain? Um, which is an interesting suggestion. Go off. This is 19th century Germany. We don't have the tools to prevent you from dying of a cold. Vendela, you idiot. <laughs> um, and then they're like, okay, it's actually really sexy to think about running around in the rain. Yeah, it's like super sexy. So let's make out a little bit. And they do. Uh, and then they bone. Yeah. This Wikipedia says both of them nervous. They continue to entangle themselves and then hesitate, sensing that what they are doing is something very powerful. Very powerful. And then uh, Melchior rips off Vendela's bodice. You see full boob. One full boob. <laughs> you only see one. And she's like, okay, I don't know if I want to do this. And he's like, but have you considered that you do want to do this? And then they... And then they do do that. Do that. Um, all at once, the song comes to a crescendo. Melchior penetrates her. Mm. Vendela cries out and darkness falls. Note, this scene was slightly softened from the show's off-Broadway run where consent from Vendela was a bit more ambiguous. It was ambiguous. It was still ambiguous in the Broadway show. Felt pretty like, ambiguous very to ambiguous. me. Which again goes back to that whole, um, the whole um, play of it all, you know? Yeah. Anyway, that brings us to the act break. We've gone over by fully double what we were allotted for this first act. So we're going to have to yes. make it quick in act two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll be back. We're back. Readers, tell me if you like me listening into your little earsies. Listening into your ears? Whispering, I meant to say. <laughs> That's me listening into your ears. Good. I love that. that funny? That was Do we very love? funny. That was riveting content. All right, act two. Guess what? Vendela and Melchior still doing it. Boning. They just finished. Um, and also, I'd like to point out that, like... <laughs> Wikipedia says later, as staged by the Broadway show, Vendela gives explicit consent to Melchior, but does so without the full understanding of what they're going to do, which is not explicit consent. No, you not cannot at all. consent to something you do not know what's going when you don't know what's going on. Exactly. And it's bananas. Yeah, it's fucking wild. Um, because Melchior clearly does know what's going on. Exactly. That's the thing. He if they both were just like, happen. well, this is happening now somehow, that would be different. But like he at least has read a book and is like, this part goes here. He read a book about titties once. <laughs> and <laughs> ruined Vendela's life. Um, yep. <laughs> truly. So they then are like, oh, whoops, we accidentally did it. And now we're going to sing the guilty ones. Right. Because, again, it goes back to that whole idea of like bodies are sinful. Yeah. I just. It felt good. So we did something good, wrong. So obviously, <laughs> vis-a-vis Christianity, we yeah. did something wrong. Truly. The guilt. Um, then cut to Moritz, who's been thrown out of his home. Ouch. Insane. Uh, For failing out of school. And then his parents are like. They didn't even, they, he didn't even fail out of school is the thing is that no, he just got like held, held back. back. And like, hey bitch, I did too. 
Whom amongst Whomst us amongst hasn't us. taken a victory lap? Honestly. The point is, like, it's crazy that later his dad feels any amount of guilt. Like, you threw him out of the house. What right. did you think was going to happen? Right. Exactly. I assume that that's what is implied when you throw someone out of your house. You're like, I don't care if you live or die. Exactly. Right? You wash your hands of them. That's bizarre to then feel guilty that he commits that suicide. That he commits suicide. Which is an interesting... Going back to the play of it all, um, the in the play, when Moritz kills himself at the funeral, his father, um, it was, he kills himself, he doesn't get thrown out in the play. Okay. He kills himself, and then at the funeral, his father disowns him. And I'm like, eh, it's not little really late. how that works. <laughs> Seems a little late. Seems a little late, but go off. Um, so he's been thrown out of his home. He's wandering around the town uh, carrying a gun. Um, and then he comes across Ilsa, who we remember. Which, where did the gun come from? If I learned anything from Chekhov, we should have seen, that, have gun seen that gun an hour ago. His dad ago. should have been cleaning it when he was like, uh, if you fail, uh-huh. we'll kick you out of the house. Exactly. And then we could be like, that gun's going to come back. Exactly. <laughs> but somebody didn't read their Chekhov. Someone Duncan Sheik. only read Pavlov. Um, so <laughs> his childhood friend, um, Ilsa, who we remember was kicked out of her house for being like, my dad right. beats and rapes me. <laughs> her mom was like, okay, get out of my house. <laughs> um, cool. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, wow. And then Ilsa, who it is implied has feelings for Moritz. Yeah. Okay. Tells him like, hey, you can just come stay with me at the orphan shack full of artists. Yeah. The artist she, like, shack. She like lives in an artist colony and she's like, oh. All these men are just trying to paint me all the time. Yeah, like, she's oh, like, oh, oh, oh. if they're not sticking me with one thing, they're sticking me with another. And it's like, that's terrible. Get out. It's Get out. really sad. She's like, guess what? You could have this really cool life where you get to stand naked while people paint you and then they try and have sex with you and you don't like it and you run away. Like, exactly. Oh, okay, cool. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> It's so strange. It's so psycho. But like she's, so she like comes along and she's like trying to like get him to go home with her. Yeah. It's essentially like a, I'm trying to save your life moment, but it's like sexual in nature, which is the last thing that Moritz needs. He's already too horny to live. Yeah, he is. And he's like, I wish, I wish I could come with you, but I can't. I can't. Um, And it's like. Finally, um, this is the beginning of the end of the musical where literally everything that's been set up in the first like four songs Uh is like the denim wow, if you will. (laughs) I resent that (laughs) remark. Got him. (laughs) Reader, she looked me fully dead in the eye. Straight in the face. In the face. And said that to mine own and did mouth. A little, and did a little smile. And did a little smile. And a little <laughs> a shimmy little of the shoulders. Smile. For you to come to my <laughs> own home and attack me like this. One time I mispronounce a French word. live it down Um, okay so Ilsa's like come with me and you'll see a world of pure imagination and he's like pass pass which is the smart choice right and then she's like all right and like walks away yeah and then he's like oh fuck I should have done that and all he has to do is turn around and like 
follow her. Yell her name. But she does. Oh, okay. But like by that point, she's like gone. So it's not that she leaves and he's like, he's like an hour later, he's like, oh, I thought of something good to say. Okay. (laughs) I see now. And he couldn't just keep wandering the town to find the artist's convent. He's like, well, unfortunately, she can't hear me. So time to die. Exactly. So then he (sighs) is like, well, this might as well happen. And he puts a gun in his mouth and... and. then he's then it's a funeral. Then it's a funeral scene. So essentially what's going on is that um we're finally starting to reap what has been sown in the first act. Correct. Literally all, all the that, chickens come home to roost. All of that structure that was established within mm-hmm. those first four songs with mm-hmm. all the themes, we're finally starting to see like, okay, this is what denial of voice has led to. This is what right. lack of sexual education has led to. Like mm-hmm. we're finally seeing all of that yeah. play out in the like the next three or four songs. Truly. Um, so smash cut to a funeral. Uh, each of the children is dropping a flower into the grave as Melchior just sings straight into Moritz's dad's mouth that he, it's his fault. <laughs> um, Singing into a mouth is a very funny visual. <laughs> it's just that. <laughs> um, and then cut to the school where the teacher and the headmaster are like, okay, so we got to do a little PR here. Yeah. It is our bad that Moritz died. Um and they find the fan fiction and they're like, okay, perfect. We will Melchior, blame it on Melky, you baby. To die. Um, and by and die, then, we mean get expelled. <laughs> then there's like a freeze frame moment. He's like, bet you're wondering how I got here. And they sing, <laughs> <laughs> and they sing totally fucked. Um, and it is a really, it is a tension breaker. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. It's like, it's such an interesting number because like, this is one of those ones that's out of time with the show. hundred percent. And um, it's wild because when you compare it to literally everything that has come before it and everything after it, it does not fit this, the rest of the second this act This is at like, all. this belongs with the bitch of living. This yeah. is the bitch of living of the second of half. Of the second act. And it's essentially Duncan Sheik saying, wow, I'm killing literally everybody. We need some Some levity. levity. <laughs> yeah. We're about, I'm about to go full Hamlet on this bitch. Oh, truly. <laughs> <laughs> Ophelia even, or he even picks up the flowers that, um, That's right. and like fully is about to Ophelia himself into her. Oh, feeling so bad for yourself. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, I yeah, quote yeah. sassy gay friend. Wheel. I'm very cool in 2019. <laughs> wow. That was a moment. Yeah. It had a day. Um, um but I, it just doesn't, it's so wild. It's a fucking bop. Like, oh, it's a great song. It's a great song. So much fun. And I was, I said Strangely to, Strangely placed. I, I said to Meryl when we were listening to it last night, I was like, I used to listen to this all the time when I was driving to and from high school, like, cause I had a car and my like junior and senior year. So I would like drive to and from school and I would listen to the song and I would blast it when I, you had like a really bad day and it felt like you were getting away with something cause you're yeah. just screaming totally fucked yeah. over and over again. And like, you weren't allowed to say that or anything, for even sure. though I was like cussing like a fucking sailor. I sang don't cry for me, Argentina. I love day. that. <laughs> I love that for you. Because I am what? Drama. <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, no, this was like, this is a great song. Very strangely placed. Yeah. And then basically he, Melchior is called to the office and they're like, hey, oh, we compared the handwriting and turns out yeah. you're the culprit. Did you write this? And he's like, oh, yeah, I they're don't essentially, know whether or not to answer. They're essentially blaming him for Moritz's death. Yeah, they're like, you made him too horny to live. Yeah, exactly. Even <laughs> though it was them kicking, kicking him out, him of, out school. of school. Um, so this is this comes to the whole gay of it all. Yeah. 
Um, and this is this is kind of a, a good way to lean into it because because of this odd placing of Totally Fucked uh-huh. as a song, it breaks the tension of the of the um, second act. So like directly in the middle of it, then it leads directly into the scene with Ernst and Hanschen. And I almost feel like it's priming the audience for like a little bit of levity. Yeah. So then when you add this, like the weirdly writ- written scene, mm-hmm with Ernst and Hanschen where Hanschen is talking about like skimming off the cream and um, all of the like kind of sexual innu- innuendo. very sexual um, in a way that right. it is like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Knowingly sexual. Yes. Whereas Vendla and Melchior are very innocently sexual. Yes. They're like, we're just happening to feel these urges and this is what's happening. And right. like, almost predatory Hunchen is like almost predatory uh, absolutely and that's one of the the main questions about Hunchen and Ernst in the musical is do they actually love each other Ernst says that he does love Hunchen but is Hunchen just taking advantage of Ernst and why is it a joke exactly which is what I'm saying <laughs> is that so totally fucked you have this like For moment sure. of levity, levity and then you go right into the scene and it's like written kind of strangely and they're talking it's about all these weird shoehorned things in, exactly I and so th- I feel like the audience is kind of like primed for something a little more fun. And yeah. then all of these like kind of odd things between the two of them are happening and the lines are kind of weird. So like then it kind of gets written off as a joke, mm-hmm. which is not great because it's such a it's like the one time we're actually seeing two characters connect on a sexual level express their sexuality exactly but i mean like i'm talking like now we're getting into weird stereotypes of like over sexualizing gay Gay, people people, and now it's it's very funny that boys like each other Uh and it just feels too tongue-in-cheeky for me yeah like uh, i also wish that we had any indication Mm mm-hmm that this was going to happen prior to there is a little bit it just doesn't it's get the treatment up. that Vendla and Melchior get exactly and I'm it's, not saying it has to right. but like I would love literally anything before this where the two of them are alone there is I don't remember that it's it it, ha- I was it, it happens <laughs> that, that is true it happens really really quickly in the first act after the school scene uh-huh. when all the boy after bitch of living all the boys stand up and they're like getting ready to go ernst in ernst and hanshin both in bitch of living talk about how they're attracted to men oh okay because um, um hanshin is the one who like sings like looks so nasty in those khakis and yeah, like yeah, yeah. Han- and ernst is the one who's like i hate changing in gym class because i'm getting boners because all the other boys are so hot the like one fear we all have literally me in high school <laughs> it's fine and we <laughs> so like you see them at the end of bitch of living like leave together and Hanshin is kind of like starting to come on to Ernst in that scene oh. but that's literally the only scene you get between the two of them yeah. before this scene. yeah meanwhile Melchior and Vendela get like the bulk of the show right I don't know it just felt very unearned to me it is and I was like Okay, I mean, I guess I appreciate it, but I don't feel like enough care ha- or thought has been put into it to make this, like, right interesting. Right. And there's some discrepancy between, like, the show or the musical and the play because um, I read some of the play dialogue between Ernst and Hanschen. And one of the things is that, like, is Ernst being taken advantage of in the musical because Hanschen is kind of, like, coming on to him really strongly and... Ernst is kind of looked at as like a very pure character. Mm -hmm. Um, He doesn't really have any of the other like 
or like he's like yeah he's seen as a very pure character he wants to be like a country pastor and all that kind right. of thing um even though it's like against him and like hanshin is seen as this like carnal character yeah he's in um touch or not touch me um my junk he's like masturbating on stage and he's like that's true very um materialistic and um uh in the play apparently this scene is played much more sincerely it's very much um ernst and hanshin even though they are such polar opposite characters they're coming together and saying we still love each other despite this. It's um, much more Ernst or Ernst takes a much more active role okay. in the scene in mm-hmm. the play. And I'm just like, why wasn't that translated in the musical? It's weird to be like, again, it's such a weird dynamic of insisting that someone is the aggressor and right. someone is passive. Exactly. And it it's like it a mirror t- to Vendla and Melchior. A hundred percent. Why, why must it always be someone giving and someone receiving and right. not two people meeting in the middle? Exactly. It's very bizarre to it me. It is. It's a really weird way to look at sex and and relationships. And I, I think that's the default. Sure. For some reason, that's so like every, so, how we've programmed yeah. society. Yeah, absolutely. And so it is, I think it's hard to... to get out of that headspace sure but it is a weird way to write it especially when the source material is very like yeah we're two people who are very willing right for this to be a thing it is a it's a very odd way to write it and i do feel like maybe maybe it was written as a joke Uh, it's so strange is duncan cheek gay i really thought he was i actually don't know who's the one who's gay (laughs) who's gay Uh, that uh, (laughs) mitch's eyes just rolled into his brain (laughs) Can't a gal you're say asking, who's the one who's gay? You're asking who's the one who's gay of all of musical theater history. Who's the one who's gay? Someone wrote a musical that's gay. <laughs> a lot of people who Sondheim. Um, I, uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> who's the one who I'm did so, that? So it's exhausted. really recent. And he was like, I did this and I'm gay. Oh my God, I can't. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about i don't know okay no he dates models <laughs> apparently i don't know anything. duncan chic does yeah okay well go like, all the congrats. way out. <laughs> um, good for you okay i don't know what i was thinking of i'll figure, figure it out <laughs> where is uh, this is stupid keaton is this for caitlin <laughs> When she's like, oh, what's oh, my favorite oh, musical? You wish that I could be Keaton? Is that what you're saying? No, I wish my boyfriend could be Keaton. <laughs> Keaton and Caitlin are dating. They live together. They live together. They're living in sin. When Caitlin says, what is my favorite musical? Keaton, Keaton immediately goes, sweet, sweet charity. charity. <laughs> and she wasn't asking him like a quiz. She couldn't remember the musical that she loved. Are you thinking of Pasek and Paul? I don't think they're together. No, I would never think of them. Oh, I Hold know on. That about you. They're, they were at an award show, this person was. Okay. And he was like, getting an award for writing something gay. <laughs> That's so broad. That's like, literally like the past three and, years of musical theater like, history. I'm also gay. And so it meant Are you a about lot. Lil Nas X? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of Old Town Road. <laughs> no, it's like the it's like either the Tonys or maybe the Oscars. And he's like, I literally don't know. He won for best screenplay. 
Just look up best screenplay <laughs> winners for the last 10 years and give me the gay ones. Okay. Give me the gay ones. I didn't and by I haven't, 10 like, years, I the mean, Oscars like, the past 15 years because I haven't seen the Oscars in truly five years. Yeah, literally. Are you are you thinking of Moonlight? No. No. Everyone knows that was gay beforehand. Yeah. It was a white guy. Oh, well. <laughs> you really opened up the doors there. He might have been wearing a scarf. <laughs> Meryl! <laughs> You're not helping. <laughs> I don't know. I really thought it was Duncan Sheik. No. It was like kind of surprising. I have no idea. Truly no idea. Cut all of this. <laughs> okay. This is the part of the show that we can edit out. <laughs> Just to cut down on time. Just to cut down on time. The point is Duncan Sheik dates models. Yeah. Okay. So he's not gay. So like maybe when they were writing the show, it was kind of like. A joke. A joke. I mean, it was 2006, so. <laughs> it's not like homosexuality wasn't a joke then. True. Um. Thank you, Will and Grace. Okay. Uh. So now Vendela has become ill. And by ill, we mean pregnant. Brago. Uh, her mom's like, okay, it's fine. Doctor's coming. Um, he gives her some medication and she, he's like, Vandala, you're fine. You're just a little like, anemic. Don't worry. Here's some you're meds. You're fine. And then he's like, can I speak to you out in the hall? To her mom. And then takes her mom in the hall and he's like, she preg. She real fucking preg. She real preg. And her mom's like, how? Um, Does a full spit take. And just like immediately screams at Vandala. She's just like, how could you? And Vendel's like, what are you talking about? I literally don't know what you're talking about. What did I do? Literally what I'm anemic. And her mom's like, you're going to have a baby. And she's like, but I'm not in love. And her mom's like, exactly. And she's like. <laughs> that doesn't answer the question. But you said I had to be in love. Like, or I had to be married, but right. I'm not married. And she's, she's like, like, exactly. And, and she's like, you said I had to be married to have a baby. So literally, how could I be pregnant? Exactly. And it's like, <laughs> um, bitch. And her mom's like, okay, that's not on me. And Vendel's like, it's on you. Yeah. And her mom's like, it's not on me. Who's the baby daddy? Which is nuts. Like, insane. that's on it's you. It's literally insane. You did not tell her what sex is. What you said. She asked you point blank and you said it's when a man and a woman love each other very much and they get married and now they have a baby. Exactly. And it's like, that doesn't tell anybody anything. And that's what you told her at the beginning of the show. So and she now, was like, okay. This is what you fucking get. I haven't checked all of those boxes. So it's impossible for me to get pregnant. Exactly. Um, she, she was like, oh, you lied to me. Her mom rejects the guilt and insists Vendela tell, Vendela tell her who the child's father is. Yo. Vendela reluctantly surrenders a passionate note Malkior sent her after they consummated their relationship. And then she's like, oh no, I'm pregnant. This is bad. Uh, and then she's like, but you know what? Maybe it'll be good. And I'm going to have this baby and we're going to have a good life together. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Nope. No. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Melchior's parents are. Meanwhile. <laughs> across town. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're arguing about their son because his mom's like. Who cares that he wrote this essay, the fan fiction? Right. Like, that's not a good enough reason to send him to reform school. Right. Because she's like, are we so afraid of the truth that we're willing to hide away our only son? Yeah. (laughs) 
Turns out, yes. Turns out, yes, because his her uh, Milky Way's dad is like, Vendla's uh, <laughs> pregnant, and she's like, send that <laughs> send bitch away. Him out of, get this <laughs> get motherfucker out of here. here. <laughs> um, and they do, and they do not tell him that he's the father. No. Which is bold. <laughs> a strategy. A uh, move. Um, and then all of a sudden, smash cut to Melchior's at reform school. He's got a cute little hat on. He does have a little ragamuffin hat. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have been writing letters, apparently, delivered by Ilsa, um, who should be getting paid as a postal worker at this point. <laughs> um, and then at the reform school, Melchior gets into a fight with some horny boys who are jerking off in a pit. Yeah. Congrats to them for that, frankly. Mm. Then it turns from a fuck pit to a fight pit. <laughs> and they hold... <laughs> They hold down. I mean, when you've got a group of boys that are jerking off. <laughs> Any pick be a fuck pit. It's fuck or fight. <laughs> I mean, the line between fuck pit and fight pit are, is very, very thin. It's very easy to cross that it's line. A fine, it's a fine, fine, fine line. line. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then uh, one of the boys reads the new letter. Which Melchior hasn't finished. Right. So as he's getting beaten up and they're all jerking off, he gets to find out that he a daddy. He dad. Um, but guess what? Vendela's mom has decided to take action and takes her mm-hmm. to a back alley abortionist. Time which to brings throw that me bitch down some stairs. to my real point here, which is that women will always need and get abortions. The point is they have to be safe. Right. Because <laughs> Smash Women, cut to smash cut to Vendela dies. Vendela dies because of the abortion. It's just crazy. Like it's birth control. Women will always get abortions. Just let them do it so that they don't die in a back alley. Yeah. It's not that hard. Just do it. It's not. Okay. Um Melchior gets back to town and he's like, Ilse, tell Vendla to meet me in the sexiest place I can think of, the graveyard cemetery. at midnight. <laughs> Listen, have you ever been to a cemetery at midnight? Like I the way don't think so. When the moonlight hits, when the moon, moon hits, hits your, your tomb, eye. it's a big <laughs> pile of gloom. That's some more. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> um, and then Ilsa is like. Oh no, I can't tell him that Vendela dies, which feels like the time to tell him that Vendela dies. Right. Don't let him go to the cemetery. Like what? And find out for himself. What are you doing? Why don't you just what? say, oh buddy. Oh buddy, oh, don't go I to the hate, cemetery. I hate for you to hear it from me. This is not how I wanted you to find out. She did. No one's going to help her? Oh, and no one's going to help her? It's Literally. crazy. But like, why would you not tell Anna, him? The other, the other girl's name is Anna. Wow. I'm so glad it took us an hour and 45 minutes to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, she shows Anna, Marta, and Taya the letter. They're all equally horrified and decide not to tell Melchior. Literally, they're all like, mm. <laughs> it's better for <laughs> Sorry him to Sorry about think, your life. <laughs> it's better for him to think that she just isn't coming and fell right. out of love with him and will raise this child on her own. But he literally tells Ilsa, I'm going to the graveyard. Did she not think that he She would might stumble upon... The grave? <laughs> the gra- the grave. Literally. Um, at the cemetery, Melchior does stumble across Mortz's grave and he's like, 
you know what? I'm going to fix the sins of my father and raise my child in a better world than the one I grew up in. Hot. Which is what we're all trying to do. Yep. Except for the people who are like, it's good to hate your kids because my parents hit me. <laughs> no. Um, Wrong. <laughs> no. Wrong. You can't hit children. Stop Just it. <laughs> point blank. Um, and then when Vendela is late to the meeting, Melchior begins to fin- feel a little uneasy. And he's like, okay, well, while I'm killing time, let me just check out some of these new ass graves. All right, all right, all right. Cute thing to do. And then realizes that uh, Vendela died. And it says- Like, finds her grave. And in the show, he, like, reads out from the tombstone- Cause of death. Cause of death, died of anemia. And- First of all, no one puts causes of death on tombstones. Literally. I wish they would. (laughs) That's when you can get all the hot gossip. You get all the tea. Yeah. But unfortunately, they don't do that. No. It, that is the most like blatant. This is not actually what you're seeing. Like right. oh, abortion. What abortion? She died of anemia. Look, it's right here on her grave. Uh huh. Like, exactly. It's very it's in very denial. Much, exactly. It's very much a don't peek behind the curtain. Ex- yes. Yeah. 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 No, 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 no. Sorry. You heard abortion. You must have misheard. It's no, anemia. No, no, no. It's another A. It's, it's anemia. It's the other A. It's the other Not A. Not anxiety, which is what Moritz died of. Yeah. This is abortion. Right. I mean, anemia. <laughs> Cool. Um, <laughs> overwhelmed with shock and grief, he takes out a razor. Which the he razor just that he stole from. No, it's himself? the razor he stole from the boys in the fight pit. Oh, in the, in the <laughs> in fight the fuck pit. pit. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Took his stolen razor out and he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do I'm it. I'm going to do it. And then the ghosts are like, yep. No, don't kill yourself. You're too <laughs> You're so sexy. sexy. Uh-huh. And, um, um, which is crazy because if I was a ghost and I said this last night and I'll say it again, yeah. have images here. <laughs> If I die first and you're like, I'm so sad, I'm going to end it all. I would be like, do that. Come hang out with me. I'm so bored. <laughs> I would not stop oh. you. I would be like, listen, in your life, your choice. Come party with me on another plane. <laughs> crazy mitch looks so tired he's so mad (laughs) whatever live a full happy life i guess oh gross um i won't (laughs) um so yeah the ghosts arise from the grave and and are like like, don't kill yourself don't do it it." and so melchior's like okay switches the switchblade closed and just trots on out of the cemetery and he's like i'm going to walk the rest of my life with the memory of those that I have lost and loved. Yeah. And um, I'm like, you're 14. <laughs> <laughs> you're 14. You didn't even have a baby. You barely fucked. Exactly. <laughs> he was like a three pump three and done. Three pump and done. <laughs> like, okay, congrats. You've seen all titty. Literally one titty. You've seen one whole nipple. Congrats. <laughs> I'm like, okay, go live your full life with those yeah. you've loved and lost. It's fine. Like, love that for you. Okay proud of you and then good, good, good. ilsa comes back and we're like wait what she's not wearing her artist's outfit she's wearing jeans <laughs> and then everyone comes out wearing johns and hoodies and and sweaters and um what was her name Catherine zeta jones zeta jones <laughs> Something like that. Catherine the Emilda Staunton uh, Christine knockoff. Christine Easterbart. Oh, Christine Daae. Um. Yeah. Christine 
Herberst. Yeah, she walks out with like a cancer hat on, and we're like, "Are you going through it, sis?" Um, she's going through she's it. She's going through it. And they sing "Song of Purple Estabrook. Summer." Oh, Estherbrook. Yes. Um, she like walks out with a cute little hat on, and like mm-hmm. the adult, uh, the other adult man comes on with like a sweater, and Jonathan Groff comes on with a cute little sweater. Yeah, he's a little twink baby, little baby boy, little baby twink boy, mm-hmm. and they sing "Song of Purple Summer," which is like the so- the sign song of hope. It's like saying like it's the moral of the story. It's, song. A, it's a, uh, Elsa walks on and is like, "This is what we learned." <laughs> Okay. Wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. <laughs> Show us the lesson that we should learn. Did you know Taylor Trench played Moritz on tour? On the U.S. tour? Or like the like the first tour? I don't know. It just says notable tour replacements. Wow. I love that for him. Congrats. Proposed film adaptation. Yeah. That's been in the works for like a minute. In 2009, uh, they were like, maybe. And then. Never again. Sheik was like, JK. Oh. <laughs> In 2014, Sheik revealed to UT San Diego that the movie would include a new song. So anything is possible. Wow. Go all the way off. Well, I'm Hollywood is very, very busy working on all of the movie adaptations of Lynn Manuel Miranda's works. So I can't they discuss can't, this with you. They can't they can't spare any resources. I cannot and I won't Oscar screenplay. Winners. Are you seriously still on this? <laughs> I gotta know for the people at home. So basically Song of Purple Summer is like the song saying, even though um, all of these like these things have happened, even though this is the kind of like mentality of the time, things will get better. Mm -hmm. Are we um, the the curve of the universe bends toward justice and like it doesn't. Well, unless you make it, unless you make it, um, it's essentially saying like, hey, We'll be okay. It's all gonna. It. It's essentially the. It gets, it better, gets better of the show, and I understand that. Like the entire song is a metaphor for like this beautiful world that we're gonna live in, but like the lyrics are fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Like because they're like the earth will wave with corn and the fences will sway in the wind, and I'm like, and stallions will mate with mares, and I'm like, can you just like say <laughs> just come clean, just say one sentence that is not an allegory just one sentence just one clear is it graham moore are you gay (laughs) i'm I'm sorry hold on i'm so done with this yeah okay grant moore graham moore the guy who wrote um i think this is right oh my god okay (laughs) he wrote the imitation game the one about alan turing who was, who was famously, famously imprisoned for being gay. Yeah. And he's like, guess what? I tried to kill myself when I was 16. So this means a lot. I'm pretty sure this is who it is. Interesting. He looks white. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm glad that that is the criteria. <laughs> a white gay man. A white gay man. Cried at the Oscars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what white gay man hasn't cried at the Oscars yeah. is my main question. Anyway, the last song, in my opinion, sucks. And it's, it's not boring. Great. It's not great. It's not a good, like. Ender. It's a shitty end. Yeah, it's it's. I you also, have such bops. Why are you closing with this weird, with, yeah. folky like? Yeah, and the river will run pure and clean, and we'll <laughs> all be God's children. Like, what are we doing yeah. here? Well, this the like a lot of the show has a ton of like Bible imagery for sure. So this is kind of like the final like. 
I just we think it will sucks as find an ending the song. promised land. It does suck as an ending song. And I also think that the finale of Act One, I believe, is like not a great finale number. No, 100%. Like it's so, yeah, and it doesn't, both of them are kind of like so allegorical and they're like not really saying anything about the show itself or um, a, like moving the plot forward in any, any way. So it's like, what is the point of either of these numbers? <laughs> And that is the question we ask ourselves every day on this podcast. It's true. What is the point of any of this? That is absolutely correct. Um, Connor, you had eight pages of notes. Did we get through any of the stuff you wanted to talk about? Yeah, no, we ta- we hit a lot on okay, it. And good. I felt like I was kind of like proselytizing all of the, my thoughts. Okay, with big word. T. Love that for you. Thank you. Um, no, it was perfect. Uh, I just wanted to make sure we hit everything. Is yeah, there anything no. you want to themes? No, I mean we talked about like the main, like the the main themes that we For that sure. are are like the the theme like miscommunication, lack mm-hmm. of education, se- sexual education, denial of voice, mm-hmm. and um, I I do think that it would have been really interesting to see the Deaf West production. Same, I was just gonna say that that like I totally see how having um, actors with disabilities can amplify those mm-hmm. because um especially in our society today we really don't accommodate people with disabilities oh, 100%. And like we are two able-bodied people yeah. saying this which is you know we True. can't really speak to that but no but you can uh, you can comment on the fact that we are not accessibility right. oriented right as Absolutely. a society and having um actors who are deaf and hard of hearing and um are specifically communicating with uh, the other actors on stage through sign language Mm -hmm. and um that i I can totally see how that amplifies those themes so i think so does someone sing yeah they do so i if i i don't remember fully but i think every single character is played by two people that makes sense yeah and one of them sings and the other signs so fascinating yeah Watching people sign music is the best. Yeah, it's you great. should YouTube that. Yeah. It's very fun. Yeah. I love it. Their their um their Tony's performance was really good. I think they did Mama. They I think they did like a medley. Okay, cute. Let's yeah. all go Google that now. Link in the show notes. Yeah. Ding dong. Um, Connor. Yeah, Mayor. Man and chair this for me. Okay, so um, I absolutely love this show okay it's one of my top 10 speak on that i feel like i have <laughs> okay I, <laughs> I feel like just listen to this episode again. i mean truly um <clears throat> a lot of the love that i have for the show does come from nostalgia for sure um this was it does help to be in a show makes you love it yeah i think oh absolutely um but even before i was in the show um i this was a very formative sh- musical for me in high school yeah. um, like uh and especially um, being a closeted and then coming out of the closet, um, gay man in high school. Uh, what? I like. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Did you not know? We gotta shut it down. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Shut it down. I should have told you beforehand. Yeah, I can't believe. I know. I've been hiding you this from you <laughs> the entire time. This is a crime. It's I've been crumbed. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, but like I, uh, I really, really identified with the 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 themes of the show um, yeah. that my voice is being denied. For sure. Um, I uh, like everything is being miscommunicated. Also, I am so horny. I'm going to explode. And I don't know how to express that because mm-hmm. I, my, I'm being told that my feelings are wrong, especially as a gay person. hundred percent. Like, so I really, really identified with the show in high school. And um, 
I like listen, used to listen to it every day. It was, it's was, and it ha- has been one of my favorites that I've ever um, listened to. I love the music. I think it's one of the few like pop rock musicals that works. hundred percent. We said that last night and yeah. I do stand by that. Yeah. Um, it, it's not like too grating of music. Um, the, I really, really love the way that he plays with music as like a time element and taking characters out of the show mm-hmm. and speaking to the themes of the show. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's just like one of my favorites and I really, really do love this show very much. Yeah. Um, even though again, not all art is perfect. It does have its problems. Um, and it could have done with maybe like one more pass at the script. Maybe just like another set of eyes. Yeah. But like, who are we to say at one Tony's? And I mean, we have not. <laughs> it's great and it's fun. And yeah. It's Mayor, like, may I share this? Oh yeah, of course. Um, it's cute. The music, there are some bops for sure. Oh, for sure. It has made its way onto my Broadway playlist. I love um, that. Congrats, Spring Awakening. You've made it to the highest echelon of musical theater. True. Being on my Broadway playlist. Um, I think, yes, it is a pop musical that works, which is rare in my right. opinion. Yeah. And that's a subtweet of Dear Evan Hansen. Wow. Um, you and, didn't even subtweet them. You fully added no, I them. I just fully just name dropped. Um, I do think that it works there are obviously some parts where it's a little creaky mm-hmm. and i think it's a little long i'm gonna be honest oh um, interesting i, I could feel do like without some songs i feel like it's a, of the musicals that we have covered on the show i feel like it's one of the shorter ones yeah it is on the shorter side um yes comparatively sure i think my issue is i could use less of like the will they won't they touch me touch me with oh, okay. Zenfla and Melchior sure and just like build literally any other character up sure like give me any background on anyone else yeah I got um that. I think the division of time amongst the characters is strange yeah no I totally and it that. makes it feel bizarre in a way I yeah. don't know how to explain this or articulate this I guess I should have put more thought into it before no, I started talking I get that because like it, it's essentially the Ernst and Hanschen scene like you were saying yeah. it kind of comes out feels of like field. it's coming out no. yeah I feel like I really Even, understand Vendla and Melchior to the point where I'm like oh enough right. Vendla and Melchior and then all of a sudden I'm supposed to remember these seven other characters that exist on stage but right. don't have any more backstory other than like three lines in a song exactly I'm like okay Okay, well, we could do a little more, I think. Right. Especially because like that scene in particular, it's like played as a, you're really supposed to care about these characters and like, look, they're finally getting together. And it's like, we've seen them maybe once. I saw him jerking off and I couldn't have told you to what. Yeah. It was to Desdemona and um, uh, Othello getting strangled. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah. Hunchen's a sociopath. Yeah. I don't love that for him. Yeah. But you know what? You jerk off to what you have available, I guess. Exactly. Um. Yeah. Um. I like the show. It's fun. Sure. I wouldn't say it's top ten for me, but okay. I love that for you. Thank you. Um. It's not the worst show I've ever seen. I'm glad I was to hear definitely that. glad that I watched it. Yes, musicals famously a visual medium. <laughs> it does help to see the it action. Does, it does um, really help. It's interesting to think about. It's an interesting, like, yeah. okay, what does agency and giving a voice to the voiceless and uh, being a child, mm-hmm. but also, what's puberty like? 
It's an interesting take on that. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um, so I liked it. Good. Um, I'm glad. And I will still continue to listen to it. Yeah. I mean, Le- Bitch of Living, Mama, Who Bore Me Reprise, <clears throat> and Totally Fucked, all bops. They're great. Truly has some really good songs. Yeah. And no, also, absolutely. please don't forget, please don't forget to listen to Barely Breathing by Duncan Jake. <laughs> please. <laughs> if I could leave you with the one thing. That's the song you should that. be listening to. That's what to. you should take away from this. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. I forgot that they were unfianced. They were unfianced. Unfianced. <laughs>